welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Again, for the last couple of Sundays, in case you've noticed, um, I hope you have noticed, uh, Ruth said I was in Thailand and Malaysia. I wasn't in Malaysia, but that's all right, you know. Good thing your wife has no idea what country you're even in. I mean, not just, you know, oh, hi, you know, what's, hey, Byron, you know, what, where's Sarah today? Oh, she's at home or she's at Erin Affair, or, but she's somewhere in Australia, right? You'd know, yeah. At least you know the country she's in. No, anyway, I was in the Philippines. Malaysia, Philippines. Manila. It's only... oh, oh, yeah, Manila. Yeah, Manila, Malaysia. Yeah, Manila is the capital of Malaysia. No, Manila is the capital of the Philippines. Anyway, starts with M. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I went to Thailand, then I went to Madagascar. It was a long <laughs> flight. And then I'm back, and I didn't know anyone in Madagascar, but the beaches were nice. Yeah, it was great. It's got a wrong, on the wrong flight. I remember reading about someone that was some. Um, Coming, they, they, there's a place in, um, I think it's in Florida in America, they were going to Melbourne, in Florida, excuse me, and they end up in Melbourne in Australia. They got out of the, they got out of the plane, they got out of the airport, they, they didn't recognise anything, everyone spoke funny, they drove on the wrong side of the road, it was hilarious. Um, it wasn't hilarious for them, but anyway, the airline was embarrassed. So... Um, I just want to tell you, I've got a little message for you, but I want to share with you what I've seen and done over the last couple of weeks because when I or anyone in our church travels or ministers somewhere else, it's not just my ministry, it is our ministry. And I just really appreciate the prayer support. Ruth and I had that not long ago when we were over in Russia. And um, it's an extension of our church's ministry. We need to know that and remember that, appreciate that. And... um, and so uh, it's our influence going wherever we go and wherever you go and wherever I go. And sometimes, you know, because we all have different callings and giftings and we go into different places, you know, your job might take you to places that I will never get to. And then, of course, my calling does the same. I might go and preach somewhere, but it's not just, like I said, me and my preaching or ministry. It's our church. I really sense that. And so let me tell you... Um, uh, the first, I've got some photos to show you. Two Sundays ago, I was in uh, Bangkok. Now, I've had a long uh, relationship with Thailand. First went to Bangkok 35 plus years ago when I was a young uh, teacher. And, uh, and then we went back 20 plus years ago uh, and started ministering in Bangkok. Have you got any photos there? Yeah. So, so this is a church that we've developed a relationship with over the years. Um, This is Mahaporn Alliance Church in Bangkok. That was a movie star's house. And just as we bought a place that wasn't originally designed for a church, they got this uh, movie star's place and and they've converted it for their church. And uh, there's a number of churches, as I said, that we've built relationships with over the years. And inside that church, you know, it's interesting, there's very few or probably no perfect building anywhere, you know, and sort of we worked with the constraints and things that we've got in this building and we've got this lovely space uh, but you can see there they've got uh, really 
sort of columns and walls that they had to try and open up, but they've still got quite a few people that are sort of on the sides and they have to look at the screen because they can't see the, the preacher or whatever. But it's, a, um, it's one of the largest churches in Bangkok, quite a significant church. They have two morning services, both full, uh, and uh, they have a number of community programs, do a great job, very organised. Um, and uh, I think the next photo, maybe they have something of the... Oh, that's the quote they put up after my preaching. You'll appreciate that great quote. I sent that to uh, some of our uh, people here. Uh, Fiona, I think, said, yes, I always knew chocolate beef should be there for communion or something, as if, you know, she interpreted the uh, quote. Um, I think that quote was... So, if you speak Thai, you'll know exactly. Um, I can't read Thai, but... Um, Something on the line. I was talking about if you know no threat to if you if you haven't got any spiritual warfare going, maybe there's no threat that you're opposing to the devil, and followed that thought. And they they you know quoted that. Um, also in the church, the next photo is a couple um, who uh, you can see they're humbling themselves for the church because they didn't give enough to the building fund, and so uh, they're being. Uh, So they're not being, um, yeah, they're, ju- they're just being disciplined. They're not actually being excommunicated at this point. No. no, no, I'm joking. This is just the Thai way. They're actually planting a church and they've had two years of preparation. They're going up to the north part of Thailand, Chiang Mai, you might have heard of. And this church has got a number of daughter churches. And, um, and this is the couple. And, of course, just the Thai uh, humble way, you know, is uh, to be kneeling there. I just thought it was a cute photo because in the Western culture it looks like a little bit like they're busted. <laughs> but I thought, no, no, it's just their, their sweet uh, way of being commissioned and they uh, prayed for them. Uh, and then uh, I think the next photo, oh, that's right, I met up with uh, Ian and Linda Cowie who happened to be in Bangkok at the same time. Miss Caleb's parents by a day. They had been there ministering with the Cowies. This is a great couple you may remember. We've had um, Pastor Ian Cowie preach and prophesy here a number of times and he's been uh, working in Thailand for many years and they love him because his prophetic gift is, is so accurate and every time he goes back or you know, every time I go back they tell me how you know, amazing his prophecies are. The guy, and that family uh, all around them, that's uh, three brothers and sisters with a couple of partners, um, they've helped us over the years organise the pastor's camps. John, Jane and Jean. And uh, they're half Thai, half Danish. And, um, and so it used to be cute. Ruth would meet up with their mum and speak Danish, of course. Mum uh, died in a tragic car accident, as you do in Thailand, highest number of road fatalities in the world. Um, but they've carried on and, uh, you know, they grieved and, and she had a great life and loved the Lord. And so John on the left there, he's a great interpreter because his English is quite good. He understands our Aussie accent because we've known him for so long. And so he's also a pastor in the church that uh, I was preaching at there and he was interpreting with me. Um, and the next photo shows a young man who's taking over this cafe and church plant. His name's Turbo. And um, many of you would know Dan and Jen Nile who for many years back in the day were our youth leaders here, did a great job. And then with our blessing and support, they went off to Bangkok uh, and they worked as youth leaders uh, over there and learnt the language and went to language school. And then um, they got other C3 pastors overseeing them and so we had less to do with them at that point. That was their uh, decision to do that. And then they planted this church with a cafe um, and uh, so this is in Bangkok. They've now come back to Australia 
and this young guy is taking over both the role of the cafe manager and also the pastor uh, of this church plant. And he's got other C3 guys in Australia overseeing him closely, but they know my background and experience in Thailand, asked me to go and connect with him, which I did. And, uh, and then the next photo shows him meeting up with a friend of mine. So this guy on the right there, he's been uh, pastoring a church in Bangkok for 25 years, and we've known him for 20 years, Sajan Sangwian. So I got those two together and just sat back and let the young guy download all this stuff about how to build a church and how to evangelise in the nearby university, which the other guy's done. He, look, he is older. I mean, Asians, they don't. They don't look old, but, you know, um, he's, the guy on the right is older than the guy on the left, you know, but he's, um, he's just got that typical young look about him, you know. Um, and so that was very cool, just letting him. And then I went to uh, Manila uh, in the Philippines where Pastor Jake Betlam oversees, that's Jake uh, and Kerry. Uh, Jake has got the black shirt on, Kerry's wearing the blue top. And then the other couple on the Right-hand side is uh, pastors Eric and Christine Harrison. Some of you may remember they were our overseers for many years. They've handed their church over up in Queensland. They're available for whatever ministry comes up. So they've helped out a lot in the Philippines. Jake oversees the C3 churches in Southeast Asia. And in particularly in the Philippines, has done an amazing job. We've got about 30 or 40 different C3 churches. They all speak English, which has helped with the cultural connection or diff- overcoming cultural and language differences. So it's, it's fantastic ministry because you, you get twice as much done. You can preach in English and as long as you speak clearly enough, all the Filipinos pick up on it. So this was the team, the dream team for the C3 Southeast Asia Conference that Jake puts on there every year. And I was invited to come back again after being there last year. And we had a lot of great meetings and um, good catching up with these people because they're awesome people of God. Um, And the uh, next photo, I think, shows some of those ministry meetings. Oh, that's a senior minister's day in a nightclub. That's not not the sky, in the evening sky, but it's one of those nightclub things. This is owned by a Christian businessman. He owns a whole building, owns a number of buildings and aeroplanes and helicopters. But I just saw the building. The nightclub at the top with his band that he's, um, he's got available to play for him every Saturday night. He's got a bunch of collectible guitars all around the room. Zach, Michael, you'd be jealous. One said the, the pastor got given one. One of the pastors who's a great guitar player said, oh, yeah, he gave me this Fender Strato, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the rest of it, Stratocaster, is it? said, oh, that Gretsch, that's worth $20,000. Anyway, this guy's very wealthy, but he's making his place available for pastors' meetings, which is great. And uh, we had uh, some good meetings there. And then the next photo is the main conference. So they get quite a few hundred. Oh, that's Pastor Lorma, the guy playing the guitar in the bottom left there. So I preached for him on the Sunday, and he's a great guitar player, missionary from Burma originally. And then he's uh, been there 15 years and uh, doing a great job and... Uh, and his church uh, was doing the, um, the music for the conference. So they got all, lots of people from all over the country coming. Great ministry, great meetings. Uh, next photo shows that guy is Pastor Ian. And he actually lived on the central coast for a while. He's half Filipino, half English. And now he pastors C3 Church Cebu, C-E-B-U. Now, some of you may know that name because that was our very first missions venture as a church to help C3 Cebu. When we came and planted the church, 1994, 
We sent money to help the pastor, Pastor Pat Torsino, who's now passed away, but we helped him build a house for his family. And then we sent a team to go and build a church building out in the provinces, including Tony Cherkov, uh, went back in the day uh, with some money and skills, building skills. And so it's kind of cool to meet with this guy all these years, 25 years later. And that church is still going on. And he has got an amazing story. He's uh, got a lot of ministry into the children's um, poor kids around the area. They've got more kids coming to the church than adults. And so they're sort of figuring out how to do church with so many kids. Um, he's also employed um, to run a business that's built from the, from the States, an IT business, and he's got about 60 employees, and the overseeing company went bankrupt back in the States. They had to sign, for, what do they call it, Chapter 11, you know. And, um, and so they went for weeks without any pay, no idea of what they were going to do, and it was a real area of prayer because he's got all these employees, some of them are in his church, certainly it's in the community that he's um, got all these families surviving on their income. And so he prayed, God, give us a backer to, who will buy the business because it was a profitable, um, legitimately good business in the Philippines. It's just that they had problems, you know, in the, with the overarching uh, company. And, um, and so he prayed. He said, God, pray, we pray for a, a buyer. Uh, we want a company or an individual with a very strong record, um, something solid. He prayed so they could have, you know, stable financial support with new, you know, employment contracts and all that. So after weeks of prayer and patience, they were advised that the company had been bought and um, someone who could offer them a fair bit of financial security. Uh, it was bought by none other than Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, <laughs> who, you know, is the founder of Amazon. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, he's like, God, we need someone with financial stability. It's like okay, I can do that. Boom, you know. And so uh, all the employees are on new employment contracts and, uh, you know, it's just a great story. And as I said, the church is, is doing well. A lot of these churches aren't very big um, and that's been a, an issue for many pastors and leaders all around the world. You know, they see the mega churches and they're like, oh, we got to be. And, um, and so uh, I encourage them, you know, that... Uh, you see, because when you travel, you see so many different places. We're talking about unity and the communion and the fellowship and just the lives that are changed. And it doesn't have to be all in great big numbers, you know. You just see lives changed, ones and twos, and it's powerful. And, uh, um, and then the next photo, oh, this, so the next one, this is a video that I took of Sunday morning. Oh, no, no, sorry. This is a photo of <laughs> three shades of melanin. Uh, and I sent, this, <laughs> I sent this home to the family and I said... Um, I said, hashtag, um, how come they got all my melanin, you know? And I joked with them. So we got the, the three shades, you know, black, brown, and white. The, um, the guy in the middle, he's pastoring one of the churches in Manila. He's a, a nuclear physicist and a brain as big as the whole room. He's a very clever guy. Um, the Ugandan guy on the left, what an incredible story. Uh, he shared his testimony. He was brought up uh, a Muslim. And he was training to be an imam, and, um, which is, you know, like a, a pastor in their religion. And he heard a voice, he felt an impression and had a voice inside him that said, read the Bible. And of course, he said, get behind me, Satan, that's, that's, that's wrong, that's the wrong book. Uh, and the voice 
wouldn't go away. He kept hearing this impression in his mind, read the Bible, read the Bible. And um, his little sister happened to have brought a Bible home into the family because she had met some Christian and given him a Bible or something. And it had been shoved away. But he went and asked his sister for the Bible. And she, he said it was, he had to ask her privately so the parents didn't find out. None of the brothers found out. And, um, and she thought, what's going on? And he said, oh, research, you know, I just want to know what the infidels believe. Or, you know. and, so, and so he started reading the Bible. It took him three months. He read it from cover to cover. And by the time he got to the end, he, had no, he knew no Christians personally, but he read the word of God and then just cried out and said, I must become a Christian. This is... This is the truth, and uh, and he did, and uh, uh, and of course he, you know, he he paid a price for that, um, and uh, but he made new friends, and you know, uh, his mother, he said, was accepting of it. She still loved him, but you know, found it difficult and all that. But um, but he just said it was. It was a classic example of God pursuing us, and we sometimes feel like we have to pursue God, but God loves us and. And, you know, his relentless heart of compassion is there for people if they just incline their heart towards him. And, uh, and so that was uh, very powerful to hear his story. Um, and inter- interestingly, the, the pastor of the church that I mentioned in Bangkok, he was also brought up a Muslim in the su- southern part of Thailand. And when he became a Christian, it was a dramatic thing. He was kicked out of his home with just the clothes he was wearing at that moment. And... Um, and had a very hard time, um, but over the years he's reconnected with his family, and now his mother insists that he comes to visit at least once a year, and she loves him and welcomes him, and he says the only thing is that whenever I come and visit, my brothers always sit beside my mother so I don't convert her. They're a bit <laughs> freaked out about what he did. Um, so the last thing is a, a video that I took of the Sunday morning uh, I don't know if it's the church service or just the preparation, but I love the fact that it was in the community. This church is right smack on a main street with an open air kind of deal. Can we play that? Hmm. Hmm. Famous Manila cheapness. So I just uh, love the fact they are right there on the street. And this is the band that was playing in the conference. And Pastor Lormar, this guy, he's a really cool guitarist. And he's trained up other young people to play with him. And... The sound system, you know, the rich guy with the the nightclub, he upgraded his sound system. So he gave them his previously still awesome sound system. So it is the loudest. I've been in some loud church meetings, right? It's the loudest church meeting I've ever been in. (laughs) Like, it's unbelievable. My eyes are watering. If I had earplugs, I would have subtly put them inside. Actually did this at one point, shoved my fingers in my ears. And I could still hear the music clearly. You know, it was like, I just thought, I was checking, I'm not even my ears are going to bleed. And, um, and I made the joke when I got up. I said, well, we'll be praying for healing of the 
hearing, you know, at the end of the service, no one laughed, I think they just think, don't have a go, we love it, you know, yeah, they probably couldn't hear me, but, um, but they love it because, you know, they, they don't, neighbours complaining over there, it's like, we've got worse things to worry about, you know, like women holding on to that, don't wear gold jewellery, I notice they don't wear their jewellery, they say, oh, no, it's a bit, so it's a pretty dangerous bit, so what's loud music? So basically, within, I don't know, a 10 kilometre radius or whatever, everybody knows church on Sunday. There's all, because you see, it's all open and there's no walls. And of course, it's never going to be cold, so it's fine. Um, and uh, anyway, we had a great meeting and um, uh, they, they do some great things. They, he started that church as an outreach to children because Manila's got a lot of terrible uh, situations for kids, street children, and, and one of those kids, 15 years later now, this beautiful woman in her 20s, runs the children's program that she was rescued out of, uh, living on the streets from. And, uh, the, yeah, so great time. You know, the good, the, there's bad news and good news in ministry for me in the Philippines. The bad news is that the rap star Chris Brown is very popular. Uh, <laughs> And so more than anywhere I've ever been in the world, when I say my name, I get, oh, really? A lot more. And being a, Christian, being a professional Christian, I can't punch them. Um, and so I, you know, get a bit over that. Um, but, sorry? I say I'm the original, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, and then, um, the, but the good, the good news is they're, um, you know, brought up, uh, 90 plus percent of the population uh, identifies Catholic and so they have a lot of because of the Catholicism they have a lot of understanding and awareness of God even if they don't know him that well personally even if they're not all walking closely or don't have a full appreciation of Jesus as the only necessary mediator between man and God uh, or they aren't necessarily always encouraged to read the Bible for themselves, but it does create a great foundation, and especially with the language, it's easy to witness, and we love to do our weekly witness wherever we are, um, and so for example, on the, in the taxi from the airport to the hotel when I arrived, I'm telling him about the ministry that I was just seeing in Bangkok, and he gets tears in his eyes, and says, oh, I, I have tears in my eyes, you know. Then the taxi from the hotel back to the airport three days later, I'm telling him about the ministry that's going on in Manila through the churches. And he says, oh, I have goosebumps on my arms, you know. And so these guys are, uh, you know, touched when you share what God's doing. And as I said, the language helps and you can speak the same lingo. Um, so that's... Uh, that's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. And as I said, I appreciate prayer support and, uh, and the, I've I very much sense it's an extension of our ministry as a church. Um, all right, let's come around the word of God. Oh, but can we just say happy birthday? It was Ruth's birthday this week. Give her. Sorry? Libby Scott's birthday today. Is she here? Okay. <laughs> Craig, say happy birthday to your wife. Right. She's away. She's away in Melbourne. Well, we'll pray for her. Having to go to Melbourne. Um, she, she, are you sure it's Melbourne? She'd go to Manila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, um, if you have a Bible, Ephesians 3 verse 20, I'm going to read into chapter 4, which of course wasn't in the original letter that Paul wrote, no chapters and verses. And so we often stop at the end of a chapter and think new thought, new paragraph, new sentence, whatever. But it all flows. And so when we read, we see the thoughts flowing 
from 3 verse, <clears throat> excuse me, 20, right through to chapter 4 verse 3, and it says uh, in the ESV, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think or even imagine, some versions say, according to the power at work within us. I preached about this not long ago and made the point that, you know, we often love that one and think about how God can do awesome things for us. That's cool. But there's more at stake than just what our needs or prayer wants might be and that that power has got some more things to do. Power of faith, power of the Holy Spirit working within us, not just just for our blessing. And then it says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I preached about that a little while ago. I'll come back to that. Uh, and then when you read on, as I said, chapter 4, verse 1, the, the thought flows because he says, I therefore, in other words, in response to what I've just said, as a result of that truth that I've just presented you, therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So I just shared on this again last week in Manila because the theme for this conference was glory revealed. And we talked about the glory of God. And I made the point, as I had done uh, a while ago, that the glory of God is in the church, as it says there, and in Christ Jesus, which is incredible to consider and remember and appreciate that God's glory is not just way off back in the Old Testament, in the temple or in the pillar of fire or as Moses is face to face with God in some spectacular way. It's also not just into the future when we get to heaven with multitudes of angels surrounding the throne, which will, of course, happen and reveal God's glory, but it's also right here, right now, in Christ, in his church, in all generations, including this one, yeah? right here, right now. And I just, I just love, I just feel to sit on that. I keep coming back to that. And, um, and I, uh, you know, sense that we, God wants us to appreciate that, live with that realisation, appreciation. And then as you read into chapter four, we're then given instructions on how we should live. Right? There's details there about proper Christian behaviour, in fact, right through the rest of the book of Ephesians. But notice the therefore. In other words, on the basis of God's power being in the church, of God's glory being in Christ, of God's hand being on our lives, on the basis of this wonderful concept and reality of his power work with, working within us, and his glory in our lives in the church, then on that basis, we can live right. On that basis, we can do all these essential things, not in our own strength, but in Christ with his grace. And like I said, you read most of the New Testament, there's quite a few instructions and some of them are a bit tricky. Like, wow, I've really got to do that. I've got to forgive that person and I've got to continually be godly and I've got to be holy. How do I do that? You know, and of course, we can't do it all, but we can grow in Christ and we can have his touch and his spirit and his grace and his glory in our lives and in our church flowing through us. And then notice particularly this verse 
in verse 3, it says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We're called to maintain unity. Notice it doesn't say we're, we're called to create unity. We can't make the unity happen, but we are called to preserve it or maintain it. In fact, the Greek word there is often used in other places to mean to guard something. So it's something precious and important, and we're called to guard it or maintain it. But, and this is what makes the church so amazing and so wonderful. And when you travel and you see other cultures and other uh, languages and people groups, but in the church you have this amazing uh, uh, you know, appreciation of what God is doing in different people's lives, different communities. You know, there's still this unity. There's still this wonderful fellowship and community. And, um, and people, you know, all over the world want, want this. They want to attain a sense of huh, meaning in life, unity with other people, peace in society. They're searching for, you know, harmony in relationships and... Um, and our, of course, our society throws up different options, uh, like, you know, movies. Ruth and I went to the movies a couple of days ago, and there's some feel-good movies that have got some, you know, valid proposals, if you like. You know, they present some plot line that shows human interaction in such a way that you think, oh, that's a good value. There's, I see what they're saying. That's, I can appreciate that. Yes, I could do that better. And there's some sweet philosophy or life-affirming message that comes through and, uh, and you think, yeah, that would make the world a better place and you can learn from it and all that. But sometimes <laughs> the message isn't so true. You know, it's not so straight and right. It's just a bit of an overreach. You know, it's promising something that really can't be delivered um, just with human effort. And, um, and sometimes it's just humanism with sweet music and a nice plot that moves you, but you think, well, it's a little thin as far as what really is on offer. And this is what I found the other day. It's not just the movies that throw up these philosophies. It's now the ads at the movies. Like back in the day, you'd go to the movie and there'd be one picture, a slide and a picture of popcorn. And it'd be one voiceover. Don't forget to get your popcorn at the candy bar. You know, and then there'd be a photo, the next one, and it'd be a guy with a, you know, a, a, it's a, um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the chock top. Yeah, no, no, I'm going with the local business now. I'm going with the, uh, you know, he's, he's got some tools in his hands and it's like, um, car trouble? Um, come and see the boys at Erina Motor Repairs and they'll look after you. Brought to you by Val Morgan Cinema Advertising, you know. And this is, and you just sit these slides and, and that's all. Now, they're mini movies. Have you noticed this? They, everything, it's slow motion, it's meaningful, and there's all these family shots and people looking lovingly at each other and running through the sand, the waves crashing at the beach, and, and everyone, and it's all very, and you think, oh, this is the movie. Oh, hang on, but the lights are still on. No, it's an ad, you know, and, and, uh, and I jotted down some of the things they were advertising, and it cracked me up and disturbed me at the same time. Um, like I said, they're like me. So, so this is what we got the other day. There's a documentary they're bringing about. They're bringing out um, about the first moon landing, and the tagline is, "The last time we were all one." 
I think we were never one, guys. The whole world's a mess. Don't make out that we were one. And what are you saying? If we all, what, go to the moon, it's going to solve all the world's problems? Just send someone else to Mars? I thought that was an overreach. Then there's another one, and they've got the slow-mo moving shots, and no one can just say what they're advertising, you know? No one says, toothpaste, it'll help keep your teeth clean. Use it. It's great, you know? What was the famous chalk thing, you know? So, no, 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 we've gone beyond all that. Now, this one was, what's rewarding to you? A high-tech blender or stepping back and getting away? And then it just explores all these lifestyle options. And then it comes around and you're thinking, where are we going? What is it? It's a credit card. And it says, don't live life without it. I'm like, well, I would venture to suggest that many people would do a lot better without it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then uh, here's one. Oh, 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 yeah, this one. Created to make a moment last. Well, you've got me. Okay. Designed to excite in an instant. These are the exact words. Ruth and I are laughing. Heads off, texting, writing down a little. We go, this is ridiculous. What are they? This is our generation. It's like, what do you, this is like one world government or something. This is like some big thing. It's advertising a car. I'm thinking if I buy that vehicle, I'm going to feel like I'm part of a new generation. It's going to excite me every day. You're just getting traffic. No car is exciting. You can buy a Lamborghini. It's not exciting. It's like, oh, I can't drive this thing fast enough. You just need a track of your own. You can't, you know. <laughs> and Okay. This is the, the best slash worst of all. You ready for this one? These are the ac- actual words. And you've got to imagine all the music too and the slow-mo, meaningful, you know, the focus, like Fiona knows how to do this. I'm, I'm having a go at this, but shit, we're going to have a video. The next video, Fiona will make, will be like this and don't want you to be too cynical. But the thing is, if we're talking about church, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself because <laughs> here, right, here's the last of them. This one said, imagine how the world would be if we united over our differences. A global harmony celebrating rich cultural diversity. A world united for good. And I'm like, what is going to do this? What product could you possibly offer up that could do any of that? Do you know what advertising? Tea. (laughs) A cuppa. Just a cup of tea. It's going to solve all the world's problems. I mean, look, if any, if any single food product could achieve global harmony, we all know it would be cereal anyway. So <laughs> or the coffee drinkers would say, no, coffee, or chocolate. Anyway, oh, it was just hilarious. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, one more. Find the perfect someone. That's right. There's someone there for you. Find the perfect someone. And it was uh, and I'm like, what? it's not a dating agency. No, it wasn't. Uh, find your perfect match. It was prescription glasses. <laughs> just, wow, you know? Anyway, back to the Bible. I, I propose that buying any product advertised at the cinema will not add meaning to your life. I'm just wanting you to... That's my take-home point today, you know? But it is possible to add meaning to your life, to be happy, to have unity with others, to have global peace. It is possible. It's only available, though, in Christ. 
in his church, in relationship with him, with the work of the Holy Spirit, who creates unity and peace, like we just read, and then we have to just maintain that, flow with him, work with him, not against him, and not try and throw up our own arrogant, humanistic philosophy that goes against the truth of God's word and God's ways and say, no, 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 we know better. We're going to do it this way and it's not going to work. And this is, you know, really the only way to have this unity, this peace that people are looking for uh, because outside the family of God, we just don't have the capacity to build or even maintain such unity and peace. And so I just want to say this morning, we should be aware of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the wonder, and I don't just mean dramatic power, like I said, the glory, the Shekinah glory. Yeah, there may be moments like that where, wow, in worship or in great prayer, you, oh, I'm so excited. But God is moving not just spectacularly, but simply. It can still be spiritual and, and, and supernatural without having to be spectacular. And it can be in little things and big things. And we want to make sure we're aware of the Holy Spirit's work, flowing with him, following him, and striving to maintain the unity that he creates. And so, you know, in practical terms, obviously in the church, this means things like having some discipline over our words. You know, before I criticise someone, before I pass on a a rumour or a bit of juicy gossip or hold on to an offence or, or, or have a disconnect in a relationship, I, I should stop and think, hang on, is this preserving the unity of the body of Christ? Am I working against or for what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do? And let me finally say this, you know, we're so aware of influences. This is, uh, you know, people who are on social media and are so popular, they, they, there seems to be their, their, their job in life. They can actually make money with all the endorsements that come. They're just known as influencers. I don't know. Sometimes they start because they were, you know, good at something or they're just good looking and it's enough. And so they have, you know, thousands or millions of followers and, uh, and everyone wants, you know, to find out what their opinion is on something. And I think, okay, well, that's, that's a reality we live with. But um, regardless of how many friends, inverted comma, friends <laughs> that you might have on a screen that you don't really know anyway, um, we've all got a level of influence. We are all called to be influencers and we have the truth to really influence people in a very positive way. And so the talk of unity and community is awesome, but of course God's heart is always for us to spread that and influence our community with that as well, you know, and not just you know, wonder about the influences or see what the media is saying and just thinking, oh, well, I'm just a, a little fish. No, no, we've all, we're, we're the salt and the light, you know, and we have a calling and you've got an influence and, uh, and I think we want to appreciate that we carry his presence, yeah, wherever we go and we touch and change lives with his love and his power and his grace. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.